We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. E-games, cannabis, sports, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing ass middle. Wow. <laughs> but we're three brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of of sarcasm. Cue the music. Yes, 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 we're back. A new week, a lot of topics to talk about, but most importantly, uh, to get some time together, talk about business. So one of the things I want to kick off today is, um, you know, the last couple, uh, it was almost a month ago, right? Um, We, you know, we had to tip some Pour out some whiskey for the homie Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, he passed away tragically, as everyone know, in the helicopter crash with you know the other families that were involved. And um, you know, while everyone was very sad and thinking about his impact to sports, you know, we at Whiskey Hugh wanted to spend some time and talk about his impact on business um, beyond sports specifically, and then think about how you know he was taking taking that next step next chapter in the life of 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 business and kicking off uh um his pretty much his his empire that he was uh he was starting off most recently we should talk a little bit about him being his impact on the court as well i mean that's just what he did there should not be passed over as well before we get into the business are you are you guys open that yeah i think that's a that's a good way i think that gave him the the startup capital (laughs) yeah both financially and just introductions but even on the court, what do you think? What do you, on the court? Yeah. Well, you know, he's a great, right? You know, it's, uh, so the, I think what's so what's so he's no LeBron, but you know, yeah, he's no LeBron. Sorry, both, both of them are no LeJordans either. But you know, <laughs> we ain't gonna bring it up. We ain't gonna bring it no, up. We shouldn't. But, you know, no, he's a, celebrate the man. Yeah, like the you know what what it was that you you did see, like they say, like they all said, all the analysts, everybody says, like you saw the essence of Jordan on the court, but there was something different about his mentality that seemed a lot more intense than uh, Jordan's was. Um, but he brought certain elements of like, I'm going to make it happen uh, regardless. And his work ethic always stood out. And I think part of his work ethic stood out because times change when it comes down to, you know, and a lot of um, the amount of media access to Kobe um, and, his, and, his sure. work eth- and his work ethic and access to practice, et cetera. But he took that all the way through to his whole life. You know how he learned different languages. You know, you know, when it came down to business itself, that we're get, we're going to get into. But you know, you, it's hard to. I don't think we'll ever be able to see another Kobe. And he had a competitive advantage too. He came into the league when he was like seventeen. Yeah. And one thing that he always talks about is how when he uh, would go, like the players would go out, they would invite him. So he just goes to the gym and practice. Yeah. So you can imagine, like, for the first two, three years, he's just doing nothing but hoops. Yeah. Um, while his friends and, you know, colleagues are out there, uh, you know, having a good time, of course, but he just had that time to focus in. And I, and I think that mentality, which eventually evolved into the Mamba mentality of just focusing in on craft and just really diving in deep and becoming an expert, not only for sports, but just everything that he dove into. So when I first saw him come into the league, right, so I thought this dude has some swag. He's a kid at first. He went to the prom with Brandy. He yeah, definitely exactly, had right? swag. <laughs> swag. Right? So a lot of people, when they come in, I'm the best, I'm the best. But this guy actually eventually started living up to it. And so fast forward a few years, he and Shaq started winning rings. One ring, two rings, right? Three rings. I'm like, uh-oh, 
I felt threatened because I'm a Michael Jordan fan. And Michael Jordan had just <laughs> put us on the NBA map, right? He had just, and then now less than 10 years later, there's a threat. I mean, Michael Jordan never had a Shaq. He had Will Perdue, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> as a center. So that changed things. But what I want to say, their game was so similar. And they were the best two-way players on the court, right? Yeah. So not only did they want to outscore the the other team and be the, most, the highest score, but they covered the role of playing two-way. They were the best. They would take the top score on the other team and shut them down on defense. You see a lot of top players today, they want to score the most, but then they'll they'll fall back and be they'll guard the third or fourth best player on the other team right. to preserve their energy. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about any folks, but you know, and these guys like, and then so Jalen Rose, who I've come to respect as a commentator, color analyst, he's good now. At first, I was like, uh, he said it best. He goes, former, you know, former NBA college star himself said Jordan was the original, Kobe was the remix, and you look at how they both performed. They came into this killer mentality. Well, I'm gonna let a little known fact, and he's gonna be my BBP later in our, our segment. There's a gentleman named Tim Grover. You know who that is? Yes, Tim Grover. So great. this dude, all right, this dude, he was a personal trainer for Jordan, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Akeem Olajuwon. Nothing but the hits. The hits, right? And the first guy was Jordan. He was a Chicago guy. He's actually from the same, he's an he's a Indian dude, uh, Tim Grover. That's how we got into the NBA. <laughs> Tim Grover <laughs> by training. Trailblazer. By training. <laughs> and now you own the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> hey, I'll take that all day. No, but basically he, and I'm going to share some good stories about him, about Kobe and Jordan later, but he, he said, they both were very similar. They both worked harder than anyone else he'd ever worked with. And this is including the greats, Dwayne and Olajuwon. He said, but Kobe t- trained slightly harder, ever so slightly harder than Jordan. Jordan trained ever so slightly smarter because of what, what Clyde said. Jordan would drop 40 in a game, go party with the crew because he was he's one of the guys, and go back to practice and then and then practice with the team and then go and do it the next day. Kobe would leave. He wouldn't hang out with crew. He was kind of a little bit more reclusive yep. right? and, and early on. And then he would go practice. And he would just go straight practice. And, he, and Jordan was this macro guy. That's what Tim Grover's words, where he just wanted to get better. And it, 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 a lot of it starts with Clyde's Pistons back in the day. And I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but Kobe, he wanted to do it on the micro. He was, if I stretch this muscle on a micro level, I stretch this muscle, how's it going to help me do this in the game so I can win and do this against this opponent? He wanted to know that kind of knowledge. And that's, it's amazing, right? So Yeah, and there, there are many stories. And one that comes to mind for me is I heard this recently talked about uh, when Kobe played the Heatles. Uh, it was LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and the rest of those crew <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and uh, it was, you never heard of the Heatles? No, I never. Oh, that's what they were called. You, you, you'll learn about this. Definitely weren't heroes, though. You know, I'm <laughs> kidding. They were. They were their stuff. No, but because, you know, they came to stadiums. They were rock stars. They were like, yeah, the, they were like the Beatles. Ah, uh, Heatles. I like that. There you go. I, know, I, I can't coin that. We're all basketball fans. Clyde's schooling us right now. There you go. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the greatest stories, I think it was D-Wade who talked about this, how um, – there was a uh, like a game winning shot or all game they were hitting Kobe's forearm and the ref wasn't calling it, um, and they end up losing the game. And uh, after the game, after the press conference, Kobe left the interview, put his workout gear back on while he was in Miami, and then asked his trainer to hit his arm so he can practice shooting. 
So the next time he played Miami, he would he would be able to make the shot while somebody was hitting his forearm if the ref weren't. You mean they didn't call LeBron for a foul? That's that's odd. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. You know, hey, we shouldn't do that. The king, the king, celebrate Kobe. Jordan Jordan fans can never let things go. Never let them go. Never let them go. Celebrate the greats, unless it's Steve Kerr and get punched in the eye. Right. (laughs) But but I digress. I go I go back to Kobe. Oh damn! But yeah, yeah. (laughs) shots fired. Shots fired. But no, no, no. But that goes that goes to the mama mentality. When I heard that story, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Because, you know, he he was like, "Nothing, no excuses, nothing's going to stop him." And I think that was one of the things that I admired about Kobe, and specifically around not only what he did on the basketball court, but how he progressed off the basketball court. Um, specifically, in anything that he touched, he did the work, um, made sure he bugged the right people to pick their brains and get mm. knowledge. I heard stories about how you know he wanted to become an investor. And um, I think it was Ray Dalio who he, uh, he reached out to. And Ray Dalio gave him a bunch of a, a reading list. And, you know, he I think he said, like, you know, to, something to the fact, I always get athletes reach out to me and give them this reading list to see if they, you know, read the books, mm. circle back, circle back to them. And then uh, um, and then, uh, um, you know, go from there. And, you know, 95 percent of people never read the books and circle back. But it, pretty much Kobe was a sponge. Said yeah. that he he really dove deep into the books, calling all the time, asking questions, really wanted to understand the investing and 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 just the money game. So um, it just kind of goes to that hard work going from off the court uh, and how it translated originally and how it started on the court, which was a uh, which is just a great sign of who Kobe was. Yeah, you know what we'll miss out on as fans of the game, fans of his, fans of the game, and. Lakers are in our immediate squads. I don't think of us three, right? Yep. You respect what they did yeah. in the 2000s, and that team together was just phenomenal. And Kobe without Shaq killed it. Two rings without him, right? In his Hall of Fame induction speech, he wanted Phil Jackson or Michael Jordan to give the intro because they became really tight after this. So he, kind of what Class said, he used to reach out to Jordan, and a bunch of people like Jordan, right? Many people like him to find out what he should do, how to go about business. The next chapter, his legacy of family and business, because now that he had pulled back from the game and actually was enjoying life, you feel bad for him. It was cut short by something tragic, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what he was like. Jordan was, I think, the first retired athlete to become a billionaire. I think yep. I think Magic Johnson, we all thought was going to be, but he made it the traditional way, you know, like buying franchise, food franchises, yep. movie yep. theaters. A long way. Yep. Jordan kind of did that way, but these new investors are doing it in a different way that's going to get a multiple clip. LeBron, I think Kobe probably would have been the second billionaire. Uh, or LeBron's probably now going to be the second, yeah. Because uh, in the tech world, I mean, he, he put you know LeBron put one million into Blaze Pizza and has turned it forty million clip, right? Easy, that, that's yeah. baller, right? And yeah. So in baller. tech, plays you have an investment new- also into uh, Beats. Beats. Yeah. yeah. You yep. catch that? That was that was the one the easy win that yeah. he got early. Yeah. And so we're going to miss out on that and him having getting to enjoy it with his family, his his daughter having to go and the other kids on the plane on the helicopter. It's sad. We're going to miss out on that where he got to actually enjoy life now and it's cut short. Yeah, and then and then think, thinking specifically about that and his investment career and how he was starting to progress, he launched uh, Brian Stiebel, yep. which was a um, a fund which um, you know invests in a lot of crazy companies. Um, you know, you think about they had investments in Fortnite, uh, creator Epic Games, and they had a digital payment like Klarna and household products like the Honest Company. They had like pretty much ten successful exits that they had. Yeah. Uh, executed upon, and then they had over uh, roughly around two billion in assets, with investments in the uh, uh, dozens of technology and media companies. So you know he was really starting to kick that off, and I think he started in ni- in two thousand sixteen. 
yeah. uh, shortly yeah. before he uh, ended his 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 career. So he's thinking about the next phase and hundred million dollar uh, fund too, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, you know, it, it was it was starting to show growth because I think his first investment mm-hmm. was uh, body armor. Yeah, uh, six mil or something like that. Right? Six mil, and he flipped it to two hundred and fifty mil. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's baller, man. It's baller. I mean, you, you you talk about hitting a home run on your very first investment. Forty X, baby. Crazy. 40X. Yeah, yeah. So well, no. So, so what? What I what I always like to hear, especially when you hear you hear about these investments with athletes, is what do they? What is come like? What are the? What is the analysis that you have to do from an athlete? Because listen, there's been stories of athletes getting ran for their money. Yeah, for 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 a decade, well, decades. Well, 20, 30 years now. That. You know, this person has a great idea. Pookie comes to you and says, I got a great idea. I can, <laughs> Go, Pookie! I, I, I can run a chain of uh, car dealerships, which is also a solid investment yeah. if, if structured and, and yeah. ran properly. But, you know, they lose a lot of money. You hear these athletes going broke from bad investments, et cetera. But Absolutely. what is it that made these, you know, uh, you know, you know, you're an investor. You're, you're the VC guy. Here. I see what though. Yeah. What is it that they're looking for when they have this kind of money? What kind of team of people are you putting around you? To kind of make sure you're doing, you know, you're making the right investments, the right choices. Is that you, too you want your A team? No, you want your A team. So here's, I'll say what the the one thing they want. So the athlete just has to be oftentimes the face. They don't even need to bring the capital. They have access to capital, so a lot of times they want that. Let's go back to like nine. What was it? When was Allen Iverson in the league? Late ninety six. Ninety six. He, came, he in. came in. He was a part of that historic class. Kobe. Yeah. Um. Uh, Steve Nash, Ray Allen. Damn, so ninety six is when they all came in. So like Allen Iverson, right? Why did he bridge the gap between NBA and hip hop? Yeah, right. I think, yep. in yep. my opinion, right? Yep. So he gave hip hop this visibility on not only the national but a global platform. Like he was going to be something big in China with Yao Ming. Kobe actually ended up taking that title mm-hmm. as far as being bigger in China because if he didn't have all well. He didn't have as many as many legal troubles as sometimes Alden Iverson ran into, or and the commitment on the court that we talk about. Kobe Bryant was just dedicated mama mentality, right, all yeah. the time. Practice, he showed up uh, beyond above, above and beyond. What you want from the athletes, a lot of times, if we look at it from an investor's perspective, they're bringing this brand awareness and brand equity. Yeah, and that's completely unrelated to the money they can bring to the table. That's that's what you want because if you can put nowadays, as we're talking about, a lot of these investors were doing their tech and venture. Those tech tech companies get these crazy multiples more than if you bought a McDonald's franchise, let's say. or So they want that. So if you have a huge social media following, this sounds very facetious, they want that. You say, hey, I'm, I just invested in so-and-so company X, boom, this is what I'm doing. People start getting on it. If it's like, if it's TikTok, boom, we're gonna start getting on TikTok now because Iggy said it, Iggy Iguodala, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, so that's what you're looking for. The team you want around you, you want a sharp, someone, a capitalist who knows how to deal with capital yeah. and knows how to run it. You want a good legal team and you want, you invest in people more than the idea all the time. I mean, we, we always discuss this, right? Yep. So that, that's what it is, man. I mean, like, that's what they, but their main thing that they can bring, you, we've talked about this. There's people in our hood that we want to set up shops with that are retired NFL players, Super Bowl champions. We don't need them to bring the money. Yep. You need, you need them access brand to awareness. brand awareness. Right? And you think about from a marketing perspective, you think about the brand awareness and then also being able to break down barriers for you to yep. have a conversation. Um, Get the brand in front of customers who normally wouldn't have been able to get in, uh, you in front of, at least to say, oh, okay, this is this thing, or get you access to meetings that you normally wouldn't be able to get access to. High level, they can get you a meeting with Ray Dalio or something like that, potentially. A B, lowbrow level, they can social media marketing. 
That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we'll bring the capital, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's the easy part. Um, so, you know, spend some time on Kobe. It's, it's something that we're all near and dear to our hearts. I mean, being a sports fan, being a family man, being a, a person who um, respected what Kobe did on and off the court, uh, just wanted to spend some time and, and talk about him. And, you know, I heard someone say that he was pretty much our Princess Diana. Uh, yeah. So... You know, people ask why, you know, why everyone is so upset. You know, Kobe was pretty much it. You know, he he inspired people. He gave them hope. People understood his story. He started out. We watched him grow up from a teenager to the man he was today. So, you know, we just want to give him his give him his props as we uh, think about it from the whiskey hue. So we uh so at the Whiskey Hill, you know, we often drink some whiskey because we're fans of business. There you go. Keep, you know we're all black keep, and brown people on this. You think it's black like and brown. Indian tribal shit going on here? There you <laughs> go. Drink. <laughs> I drank. Uh, so today we're drinking the little uh, racism for you. <laughs> we're drinking uh, a thule. Can't be racist if we're black and brown. <laughs> <laughs> so a brought something out of this private stash representing the Midwest. Chi Town, Chicago, Chicago specifically, Koval. Is that did I say it right? Yeah, Koval. It's a single berry whiskey. Oh, we're gonna be sipping on this today during the rest of the taping. So uh, progressively, the show will get uh, a little bit Stop more it. spicy. Going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so far so good, very smooth. But we'll give you uh, a preview once we full, uh, rundown. full rundown afterwards. Yeah. But you know, I think we wanted to continue the conversation about you know Kobe. I think really sparked something. Uh, and want to make us take a deeper look into the athlete, celebrity, investor. Um, you talked about Allen Iverson. I thought that was a great um, analogy, specifically around yeah. how he was the the, the hip hop transition mm-hmm. between sports and, uh, and entertainment. So thinking about that in the next level, it's like okay, all these athletes are coming into this insane amount of money. Even the bench players are making like three to four million dollars yeah. a year. Um, and flipping it because you think about people like Spencer Din Spencer Dinwiddle, I think that's his, his name, Brooklyn Nets guy. Who's he's a he's a he's a, he's he's someone to watch. Uh, but then also these other players who are coming into the game who are making investments with companies and leveraging equity. Uh, equity is their their key piece. So I just wanted to spend some time and talk about that for the rest of the episode because I think that's probably the biggest key in the way that uh, uh, generational wealth is being built. Not only from an athlete perspective, but starting to think, uh, make other people like who are not athletes to think about. Okay, if if you know Andre Iguodala can invest in Casper, you know I can invest into the local person that maybe I can get not get ten to forty x, but maybe I can get five x. So I just wanted us to spend some time on on that and seeing if there are ways that we can inspire and engage uh, the conversation around not only from an athlete perspective, but also from a. Uh, um, uh, you know, people that that's like us. Huh? Is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, so the question is, what are we talking about from the like athlete celebrities? We're talking investors? about celebrity athlete investors. <laughs> who's killing it? Who's killing it? Who's inspiring others? And uh, where you know, where's the next generation of people who are coming in and making the difference from a uh, investment perspective? Okay. Iguodala. Oh, he's so, he, kinda, so he's, he's the kinda, man. No, you know what I'm thinking. I think he's no. I wouldn't say not. He's nowhere near LeBron level of what he's done investment wise, right? Not yet. 
I would say he's up there. I would say he's up there. I would. I'm a, I'm the biggest LeBron fan, you know, but I'll say he's up there from an investment perspective. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at the scale of what he's gotten as returns, uh, LeBron's killed it. LeBron's already like half a billion dollars net worth, I think. Right? Somewhere yeah. along that. I don't think Iggy's there yet, but I think Iggy's still, Iggy. Didn't, so the cool thing is, what we used to think about is these athletes had to make all the money on the field, on the court, and then that was going to help them launch. You don't have to be. So Iggy wasn't like he's not LeBron. He's not Kobe, as we discussed. Right? He's not Jordan like that level. He wasn't making that kind of money during the league. He was making some good money. But he was in Cali. He was in Silicon Valley playing with the Warriors. And he started like having taking meetings with all these venture folks. He says, I want to get in investing, but I don't want to do it the traditional way. So he's kind of become known as this godfather of investing in the new era as far as let's make tech investments with venture funds and grow our brands. So he got Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant was in it before he went to the Warriors, but then he kind of deep, he doubled down. Steph Curry, yeah. all these cats. Oh, you're 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 in tech. You're in tech central. Yeah. Golden State had a, a unique advantage of being in tech in a, in a tech central area of. Uh, you know, didn't Iggy have access? Didn't he work with people from the Dries and Horowitz? The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their whole their whole network of, uh, of of the Golden State Warriors that that period of time worked with the, the top VCs in the right. country. Um, so you get access to some of the you know the best startups um, at any point, but. You know, I think we got to look at like you know like Shaquille O'Neal also. Shaquille, then he he has some kind of early investments into Google. In Google, man, yeah. pre-IPO, that yeah. killed it. So yeah, you know, there, there there's been a uh, you know to to rewind to look at how athletes make their money. It has changed, right? So initially it was like you have the I would say the the piggyback on what you were saying is little the piggyback um excuse me, not piggyback you you had your your contract from the league. Maybe you get a shoe contract if you're yeah. if you're good enough. Right, and that could bring in a couple million dollars, maybe. Um, the, the local car dealer, your local car dealership, your regional, yeah. your regional commercials. That was the tradition. It seemed like to be the older model. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You, if you if you're smart, you could do well. You can invest in some franchises. And that generational transition. Yeah, and now, <laughs> and now, but but with the I guess the the rise of startups from yeah. the tech side of the world, where everybody needs some kind of financial, some real funding, like not you know not fifty thousand dollars is real funding. But these tech tech guys need a couple million dollars to grow their business, and athletes have that kind of access. And to what you were saying before, you know, there's also the brand recognition. But now these guys have this kind of complete open door policy. When if you have some money, got a brand, I want your money. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then you think about it from the perspective of uh, the tech company. We talked about this before, but I'll echo it. It's like now you're this small tech company. You may have a competitor. Who doesn't have this celebrity investor? Now you can get into the room. You can have a conversation. Yeah. You can break down this brand awareness. So I think about from the perspective of all these celebrity investors, most the most successful ones have a, a person behind the scenes kind of pulling the strings yeah. that everyone is kind of finding about knowing about them now. I think about you know um, uh, Andre Iguodala. There's this guy that he works with, Rudy uh, Sline Thomas. Yeah. Uh, there's another guy that Kevin Durant works with, which is Rich Kleiman, former Rock Nation, um, uh, Rock Nation sports guy. Then there's Jaron Smith, who works with uh, um, uh, Steph Curry. So there are people who are deep business, um, deep deep business perspective that really dive and understand the, understand the uh, conversation. And then what we do, what what, what where the conversation is going is they're introducing the deals. Yeah. They're bringing this to the table. So they're pretty much like the CEO, COOs of, of, of these, of these businesses. And you right. think about somebody who's worth $250 million and now you're leading this up 
that's a real corporation. That's a real company. And you know the companies they're investing in are pretty trendy right now, right? And so it's like names is they, even though they've been doing this for a good ten years, let's say at a, at this clip, they've been doing it for decades, as Anthony said. But the, at this clip, the names you're going to hear, Impossible Foods, that's the highest investment deal value that athletes are involved in right now. That's around a three hundred million uh, intake, right? As far as investment, Rupert, Casper, Casper's kind of hitting the skids right now a little bit in the market. Postmates, Blue Jeans, skids is being nice. Yeah, Make Space <laughs> Labs, right? So, but these, as we've discussed on the previous shows, you get in as an initial investor, no yep. matter what the IPO looks like, you're getting paid because you're right? buying. You're buying in at like five cents, on the ten pallet. cents, yeah. a share. Yeah. So when it goes public at seventeen, you're like, ah, it's a lot lower. But now you're then, you know, ten x, twenty x, thirty x your money. Yeah. So you know who the of all like some of the the largest investors of all time? We talk about Michael Jordan, but you know, like whoever, who else is out there from your squad? Joe Montana. Really. He's like he's killed it. Like his really? deal count, he's done like thirty plus deals. He's killed it. He's get, he's into cannabis as well. A lot of these cats are getting it there because it's for the the health benefits for their bodies. Because these yeah. guys put their bodies on their beat up, right? And they're trying to lead healthier lifestyles now. Well, Joe's all, Joe's still out in the Bay Area too. Yep. Yeah. 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 And one thing I'll add to that, and I'll and I'll raise you on Joe Montana to Roger Staubach, yeah. who's oh, one of the yeah. who's one of the biggest real estate OG. Mo- OG, one of the biggest real estate moguls around. He's a real Iggy. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's Absolutely. been he's been doing it for a while, and you know I I heard Emma Smith talking about how pretty much he's following the Roger Staubach model, okay. um, where he's been investing in real estate and he's buying up a, a, a pretty much everything. And look, and like they have the same hit rates. Not only because they're an athlete, it's going to work out better for them. They're going to have the same hit rate as the rest of us in, investors. So brandless, we all know about this company. Yeah. It's dead. So brandless and, and Serena Williams, her venture fund, she's brilliant. In her on the court play and investments, but you know that was when she was invested in. A lot of these cats were invested in brands. It went belly up the, yeah. just last week. Yeah, just last right? week. Yeah. So it was trying to trying to play between Dollar General and the Walmart crew for the millennial generation who wanted to buy cheap but no name products, and but delivery costs are too damn high. <laughs> yeah, and the whole directed consumer is it's 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 something that's up for questioning right now because will it last? Uh, because the cost, well, pretty much they were they were taking acquisition at all costs. Yep. And you think about it from a we on the marketing perspective is like, all right, what's my what's my CAC? Uh, customer acquisition cost. Yep. And your customer acquisition cost is steadily on the rise when you're on growth at at all at uh, no matter what your what your perspective is, and you're not thinking about profit at all. So once you get to that direct to consumer, you're paying three, four, maybe five times more than what you would pay for a customer if you had a retail location while you still have to pay the retail expense, your marketing costs on Facebook, on yeah. Google on all these display advertising, yeah. all that stuff is adding up. Your customer acquisition cost is going crazy. I'll, um, thinking about direct to consumer is yeah. it was it was something crazy recently. Jet Black, I'm not sure if you know about that, but Jet Black, yeah, they were it was costing them fifteen thousand dollars to acquire each oh, customer. Crazy man. Hold on, Jet, hold on, Jet Black is the it's dead. Man, it was who, the, who, who, DOA Walmart. Yes, okay. Walmart. Walmart launched it. It was pretty much their version of Amazon Prime for luxury. They wanted to get into the New York market. It has some cash to burn. Yeah, it has some, they burned it off. They made some shitty investments at Walmart. They made some shitty ones, but yeah. they're, they're, I think they're cleaning it up now. Yeah. Right? But go ahead. Sorry. No, but but my point to that. Walmart. You better get on that stock. Yeah, they're killing, they're killing it. all other businesses. They're trying to do this cool, sexy stuff. Yeah, it's not working. So like the Bonobos didn't work for them. Yeah, right. Um, okay, Jet Black. Continue your thought. Continue yeah, your thought. all these other ones. But back back to the direct to consumers. That's where a lot of these athletes are really having an impact. Is uh, direct to consumer. 
So you're thinking about Andre Iguodala. He was investing in Casper, yeah. uh, the bad delivery company, which you know Will was supposed to go go public at. Uh, I think the number is like over over a unicorn stats, like 1.4 billion. Yeah. They end up uh, re reevaluating, going live at 400 million. So it was a big difference. Yeah, uh, delivering beds in a box. You know. Hey, but they said they were in a bed company. They were a sleep, sleep company. company. Yeah, yeah. They were they, launching like pillows, which have well, a high, shorter life cycle and well, all kinds of things. Yeah, the, the, the idea that they wanted to create a whole new industry segment yeah, yeah. was that called sleep industry, which you, you know what, which is smart from a business from a yeah. marketing perspective, is smart. Right, because you're trying to it's product market fit. They're trying to create a market and then put their product to fit. And who uses the bed more than athletes? I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> In different cities with different people. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> drop the ludicrous. No, every other city. Every codes. Every Casper, you know what they thought that was going to happen? Cat Target brought him in to the store. And everyone on Casper's team, like Iggy included, thought, oh, we're going to get paid now. Target, Target's going to put them out. They're going to see the model works. They're going to sell it. They're going to acquire us. Boom, we're paid. It didn't happen. They said, well, you know what? Instead of acquiring, we're just going to invest in you. And that kind of brought the tickle down, right? Mm-hmm. And then they IPO'd and there, all this other shit was happening because these they're getting these crazy valuations. But it, all, it hammers in our point. The marketing, customer acquisition costs and all that, that's all athletes. If you're out there and we're working with you and we're trying to work with you on some adventure fund, we don't even need the capital from you. And it's your brand recognition. If you have a heavy social media following that you can promote and pimp out what we're doing as a team, that's that brings down the marketing costs and the customer acquisition costs. Exactly what Clyde was saying. Yeah, yep, yep. And so you think about that and you think about the full celebrity investor athlete uh, perspective. I want to give a shout out to one of the one of the godfathers in this space. Uh, it's it's someone that we don't really know, but it's where a lot of athletes go when they're trying to have these conversations, it's Junior Bridgman. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. I'll throw back. Oh, yeah. There we go. There you go. I'm hitting it with the hits. I'm digging deep I, I, in the I, crates. When we, we talked about this talk, topic offline, I was like, I know Clyde's going to come with some That's like Motown shit. Way back in the day. So, yeah. So, he's a he's an older. Junior Bridgman on a corner. When I used to run into No, but he's like he's like the godfather of all these, like, business investments uh not necessarily in the tech side okay but he's 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 someone who played in the nba uh first round pick in 1975 um you know not a hall of fame athlete that i'm aware of but he he um he you know went to milwaukee bucks but he's his claim to fame is he's he owns over 100 fast food franchises wow um physical locations physical locations So Wendy's that's money right there. Yeah, People, but that was the old school model though, right? Because right? no, yeah. tech wasn't a thing. Well, tech see, wasn't a thing, but, but, but I feel he got it's it. still tons of money in, oh, in I franchises. Agree. I agree. For, I agree. Right? Like, Absolutely. Maybe not Subway, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of money. What you doing, Jerry? <laughs> What's that dude's name? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, fast forward. Fast forward. Yeah, listeners, we're gonna we're gonna edit that piece out. Maybe leave it in just so we can. Just beat up on me. Anyway. But no, but but I, I just want to hi- yeah. highlight Junior Bridgman because he pretty much set the model for like ways that you can make your money work. Um, I have he, no idea about him. He, he has over 100 Wendy's and Chili restaurants. Um, and one thing that he's also uh, uh, an owner of is a Coca-Cola bottling factory. Yes. So speaking of that, Uh-oh. actually Uh-oh. a couple years ago, I was trying to get into an investment of that. Okay. Um, and so it's a Coca-Cola... I forgot the company, 
the their 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 programs for minority business. What else? You keep talking. Go. I know. Pour, pour your whiskey out. There, there 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 was a program. I don't think it was Coca Cola or was it Budweiser or Anna Bush, but there was a program where they wanted minority investors to come in and okay. set up distribution centers. Mm. Okay. So they would help you. You know, you put a consortium together. You set up. You find your. You can find your own location. From there, they would help set up distribution. Your distribution center. And from there, you wouldn't, they would, it wasn't, I can't remember if it was Anheuser-Busch or Coca-Cola, but from there, you weren't, you weren't systematically held to just that company. Hmm. You can open your factory or your, your warehouse, whatever, to other brands. So you could have AB in there, and then next day you could have Pepsi, hmm. long as there wasn't any kind of certain levels of exclusivities. Or whatever other product, and next thing you know, distribution centers are big money. Yeah, especially in today's world, where with e-commerce, there's a whole whole level of maximum value that you can get out of that. But I digress. Something about that guy. Should have brought you in with the team, man. I didn't know about that investment. Yeah, I know. I know. Listen, Damn. listen. I could be. I yeah, could be bringing the heat. Bring I, listen, the heat. I'm in the streets. So, <laughs> so you know, we spent we spent some good time on the celebrity athlete investor, and it's something that you know I want to continue to watch, and one where we. I'm um, going to probably spend some more time on. Can we talk about charitable investments, though? Oh, oh let's go. I mean, that's, that's near and dear to my heart. Cause okay. I, I always plug about 10 to 15% of the money that we're doing in that space. Okay. Uh, LeBron James, what he's doing with the schools. Yes. Steph Curry, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant, Damian Little. They're all doing a lot for schools and other charities. MJ built the hospitals, what he's doing in Charlotte. Work done, what he's done for the housing oh, community, yeah. right? Dikembe Mutombo. This dude is a stud, right? Amazing, he's yeah. Ton of work. He's a Democratic Republic of Congo. He's in healthcare education. He's put. He's doing a lot. He yeah. could have been. He could have been hanging out, looking all fancy, you know. <laughs> but he's out there doing stuff that where it needs to be done. And you got. Yeah, we have to give shout outs to that because there's all types of investing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it, what it does is for the next generation, it makes them smarter and uh, and wiser on how to spend their money. Because you know, stat that just blows my mind every time I hear it. It's sitting around. Um, I think in the NFL, three and a half years after they retire, yeah. I think seventy-five percent of all NFL players are are pretty much falling for bankruptcy and pretty it's, much. It's because of divorce, alimony. It's Maurice Evans, our friend, right? He played. Yeah. He was a he was a VP. He played with a Kobe yep. on yep. the Wizards, and he retired with the Wizards. Then yep. he was the head of the NBA, NBA PA, right? Mm. And they he developed that ELOS model. For that reason, because mm. they're broke, and basketball players, it's five years or something like that. So okay, you, yeah. they get one more year. It's so, crazy because well, go ahead. Sorry. It, it's just crazy because you have all this money, and I can see why it happens because you're you're, kids, you're eighteen to twenty two when you yep. get handed you know seven figures. Oh. And I know me when I was getting my thirty to forty thousand dollars out of college, yeah, I was like, let's Fuck spend it all. I'm rich. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> we gonna buy a bottle? Sure, let's do this. <laughs> Even though that was. That was five percent of my network, my net worth <laughs> exactly. at the time. Exactly. So I can see why it would happen, but you know, I think now the athletes are getting smarter. They have more resources. The NBA Players Association, NFL Player Association, and other associations are making uh, um, strategic initiatives to help the younger players. And it's institutionalized, right? So the NBA PA is now run under the NBA again because it was with the players before the players association. Now it's back under the umbrella of the NBA. Okay, they're launching right now. So I have a boy there. We've been talk, we've been talking to him. Uh, they're helping players learn the ropes of entrepreneurship beyond mm. writing checks. Yeah. So how to get in and actually investigate and look into a company, see what the value yeah. really is. So they're actually doing this. So that, you have to shout out to the NBA for doing that. And, and that's a good point because there's a guy that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um, Davis. Uh, Baron Davis. Baron Davis. Not, money, not Baron Jaylen Davis, Brown. but they're, they're all in there. 
But uh, Rasan Williams, which is a guy, he's a Morehouse guy. Okay, um, dear old Morehouse. Uh, but he he's uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a venture capitalist with about thirty nine exits, and he was a part of Nas, Nas's original team. Okay, so what's his name? Uh, Rashawn Williams. We got cats on that team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I'm not sure if they're working At together. Queens Ridge Ventures. I, I'm not sure if they're working together still. Okay, but this is pre all the all that. But he helped Nas. And now he's committed to working with a lot of athletes, and he's running these sessions where he's bringing athletes in house for free, giving the, the the tips and tools of the game. And he's calling the master classes. I don't know him personally, but I know some people who know him. Yeah, and uh, they're doing some really cool things. He has you know five to ten athletes. He's worked with uh, I think it was Draft Day or Draft Kings. Uh, launched launched an investment fund and done a bunch of different things. He's had investments like Slack and Lime and, and Lyft and Pinterest and Hotels Tonight and a bunch of different things. So he's one of the people who, you know, I definitely recommend to look up, um, see what he's doing, check out his website, uh, Instagram posts, et cetera, and then figure out a way that, uh, you know, that's a, a number of other things that people are doing as well. Yeah. Um, you know, as we get ready to close this out, you know, I wanted to think about, you know, are there any other celebrity athlete investors uh, that you want to bring up and kind of highlight before we, we we drop this because I don't think they get enough acknowledgement. You know, there's some people that we should. It's it's funny. You should invest in what you know, yeah, and, if yeah. and if, or, or what you're interested in, that because then you'll read a lot about it, know the industry, know the the playmakers, the decision makers. So cannabis, you, Joe Montana's big in it. Your boy Calvin Megatron Johnson, he's in it. Yeah. Of course, Ricky Williams is in it because that was his play. He did it right. while he was in the league, right? <laughs> so of course he's going to be in it. Ricky now that it's a hit. Ricky Williams, uh, Al Harrington, Jeez. all these cats. Right? Al Harrington, so, Viola. Yeah, That's, it's a luxury of cannabis. Yeah. So you have to invest in what you know, and or what you're interested in. That's just that's those are some cats I wanted to bring up. Who you got, Anthony? Ryan Mundy, Jalen Brown. We, we talked well, about these guys. I, I dropped I dropped the whole Baron Davis. Yeah. Uh, and what I what it was. A, what I know about it was that, to your point about what the NBA is doing, and the NBA is just stepping ahead in a lot of in a lot of respects to make sure they take care of their players, yeah, um, giving as much information as possible. But what they do during All Star is set up entrepreneur investment investment events during All Star while all the players are there, or if they want to and they can attend, they learn as much as possible about the investment strategies and approach to use with their money, and actually how to partner. With other yeah. players and athletes yeah. to kind of make sure we try to get in on that, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, you know, listen, man. Next time, no, they, they said, I said, yeah, well, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we, we, we're the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know what I do with these people? No, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but, it, it's funny, but you know, like there, there's tons of ideas and strategies around it. Like you can, you know, listen, we all know our fair share of athletes. Yeah, you kind of create your own little pool of people. We could talk off. Speaking of that, Jalen Brown, right? So we were just talking about this. Uh, He went to school, Berkeley, right? Um, And he, during the offseason, he was interning at a VC fund. It was was, was right in their hood. So that's how his investment. Cal Berkeley is what he said. Yeah. Uh, He goes, we, that's that his interest kind of emerged from there and he's taking it further and he's getting involved. He's really tight with Iggy about investments moving forward. I'm I'm excited about this space because they're actually institutionalizing it. And helping these people propel. So it's not just isolated deals happening. These guys are coming together as teams. Yep. And then one thing I'll leave us with a note on is uh, that space is, is growing. And a lot of athletes are now creating tech summits. Uh, one that I want to bring up is uh, Andre Iguodala. 
Steph Curry, and then the guy Rudy Klein Thomas. They created and they do it in partnership with Bloomberg. Yeah. Um, there's another one called the Athlete Tech Summit, um, and that's when that one's in, is in Canada. And then there's a third that I'm aware of, which is based in um, uh, uh, Athlete Venture Group, which is in Philadelphia, which is yeah. a bunch of uh, Philadelphia athletes like, like Ryan Howard, DeMarco Murray, Brian Westbrook, uh, and Ralph Sampson, um, which is a part of a venture group. So, you know, it's definitely having a big impact. And these people are, uh, I think, changing the game so that the conversation is changing from um, you know, players going broken three to five years post pros, uh, pros career to, you know, now they're, you know, six, seven, eight, nine figure, uh, um, individuals and creating gener- generational wealth and having the ability to, to walk into a room and, um, and make some real decisions and grow some real companies. So, uh, with that, you know, I think this has been a great conversation. One that will continue Maybe next time we'll dive into the entertainment, uh, yeah. entertainment side because you know there are people killing it. You know, like like, like Jay Z and Kardashians. Yeah, Kardashians <laughs> and Kanye. Take what and, you want. They're killing it though. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, but you know this is you know episode of the Whiskey Hue. Uh, one thing that you know I want to touch on before we leave is this whiskey is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know early in the man introduce this man. Go ahead, go right, ahead. A, Near and dear to your heart. I say, so my cousin from Chicago gave this to my brother. How can Chicago, man? No, it's from Chicago. It's a Chicago. It's a Chicago. Jersey. All star. All star was just in Chicago. Yeah, yesterday. So, all right, you know, it's all top of mind. Chi town. Common. To be fair, I was born and raised Northwest Chicago. I lived downtown Chicago before moving out to New York. Right. So, you know, I'm, you're I'm, such a fucking baller, man. No, I'm saying what I'm saying. So Koval, Koval, K O V A L. There's Chicago, distilled, done, made, created, distilled, everything in Chicago, right? And so my cousin gave this to my brother as a you know secret Santa type of thing. Fast forward last summer, I'm at my, my brother's place in Michigan, Clyde's Hood, and mm-hmm. um, he said, hey, let's try this. It was from our cousin. I tried it. I polished off that bottle because it's smooth. Summer, it was, a, it was a warm weekend. We're polishing, having a, you know, cooking up, barbecuing, playing basketball, <laughs> and we're tearing this up a whole week. I finished off my brother's bottle. I'm like, right, I got to get some more. So what I did is I came back, and when I found out where it's from, I tweeted at him. I said, during the holidays, I'm coming back to Chicago. And they had a tour they invited us to. It, oh, it was wow. like Christmas Eve. So I couldn't do it. I'm like, I got to be with the family. Come you on, must man. got the blue check. Why did they go back to you? <laughs> no, no. So then I, she, and, the, and the lady tweeted back at me. She goes, yeah, we're, we're actually carried out in New York. So you can pick it up. I call them all sold out. So I actually had to end it up and we're drinking it now. Boom. I, I like the taste. What do you guys think? It's, it's smooth. 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 And I think, you know, I have my smooth whiskeys and I like to have my, put some hair in your chest. Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> the and shit like that. But this is very smooth. The bottle's simple. Yeah. You know, it's straightforward. But, um. Yeah, it has like a little sweet, a it's little vanilla, sweet yeah. caramel, vanilla, okay, yeah, oat, vanilla, and it's it's oat, right? Yeah, so I'm looking it up right now. It's I've been a, on my my oat milk latte, so that's perfect. Okay, <laughs> so they got like a rye. I like the connection. Just yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oatmeal, whiskey. I'm gonna add a little to my whiskey <laughs> But that that's what it is, man. And they got a bunch. Check them out. K O V A L. Now tell me what you want to do. Get, you got me feeling like Joe Steve. Sound like Usher right now. Just FYI, <laughs> FYI, we're gonna start getting paid for these. I know. Right? <laughs> Charlie whiskey. You know, in, in a couple of episodes ago, I shit on Lafroy. You know what, Lafroy? Send us a case. Change our mind. All right, Clyde. Clyde's wrapping us up. All right, we gotta go. Real of saying the point guard's running us. There you go. There we go. So we're gonna close out on uh, shit. You should know. What's up? 
Oh, oh, you want to go? So two things. Oh, you got two. Well, Bring the heat. Damn. Well, not, not really, but you know, let's listen. I want to give credit to to a fool with the Think and Grow Rich. I decided to read it. And, oh, nice. And okay. It's dual drop. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, and I'm going to have to give it to you. you know, Should have heavy words in there. I, I, I wish. Yes, it is. It, it makes you look in the mirror like, God damn it, Anthony. Step it up. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> uh, but also, who am I? 16 basic desires that motivate our actions. Where they define our person, our personalities. It's, a, it's another good book. So I'm uh, with because of this uh, trifecta of uh, podcast stars I'm with right now is that, Uh-oh. you know, like we're, you know, constantly trying to improve our own one, our business our business approach and yeah. business business tactics as well as our just overall lifestyle. So this is another one that, you know, I, I researched. Who am I? Yeah, it's uh, I'm right Stephen, Stephen Rice. Okay. So it's definitely a solid, a, a solid read uh, when it comes down to business at the same time personally. Go ahead, Kelly. Oh, nice. I'm writing I, it down. I didn't think I was bringing a book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can read? You can read? I read all day. <laughs> <laughs> I can listen. Audio books. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Like, real talk, that was the thing in Grow Rich. I had to do an audio book on Man, that I'm, one. That's, that's why I'm at this stage. I'm just, I'm, I just absorb faster that way. Go ahead. Sorry. So for me, uh, this is a little curveball, but uh, it's uh, a Slack group called Demand Curve. Um, Slack groups are becoming the big thing. I don't know if you guys. I don't know what these I'm on, are. I'm on a Slack, Slack group. There, right there's now. a ton of Slack groups. I don't know if you've seen those ads for Facebook groups, but Slack groups are pretty much like that, but a little bit more higher, higher level, sophisticated. And there are different Slack groups, and some are uh, more <laughs> private. Um, so if you're in the marketing phase, especially in the growth side, uh, demand curve is something I recommend that you go out and uh, request an invite. It's pretty much four to five hundred different growth hackers and growing it just uh, it just launched in like august of 2019 where you know all the people who are industry experts um people who are learning about the industry just different phases so uh demand curve is a growth growth hacking slack channel um not specifically i'm talking about the growth hacking channel but just find your slack channels yep. that work for you um because slack is one of those different areas where people can communicate it's uh, a lot of information is being shared back and forth and it's not as, uh, you know, a little sketchy as Facebook groups where, you know, sometimes they can be a little shady. Uh, okay. But but I definitely recommend Slack groups. Check out I your like Slack groups. I like it's Demand Curve. Last before it gets too sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> this is how deep we are in our drinks. I wrote Man Curve, but it's Demand Curve? Yeah, Demand Curve. <laughs> oh, that's a different site. Different site. What the hell is Clyde telling me? You a sponsor? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong, wrong direction of this podcast. <laughs> to each his own. But uh, so are these I'm BBPs, talking about marketing. Are these BBPs you were talking about? Like yes. black and brown people? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, outside of the Think and Grow Rich. No, we listen, know. listen, listen. Man. No, no, I'm just saying. Got, listen, it doesn't make a difference. No, listen, when you're, black and, when you're black and brown, you got you to jump around different... Uh, Different worlds. No, because I'm going deep in the BBP. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm bringing Tim Grover up again, man. Okay. The trainer, personal trainer. Yep. The reason I fell in love with this new story, first of all, he's from... So look, man, there's not a lot of cats that look like me in the NBA, right? <laughs> I'll be honest. Not we, at all. We tried. There's okay. like three, four that made it, and they, they were on the Maverick really? squad for a while. And because like where I'm from, Punjab in India, like like some of the taller cats, right? It's us are way deep in the south. So like there's mm. some of the... So they played, you know, we own some teams, we're some executives, but we ain't really on the court. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I got to go with Tim Grover. So Michael Jordan, this is stemming back from Clyde's Pistons days. He used to, the Pistons used to beat the shit out of Michael Jordan, right? On the court. They literally, you could, Bill Lambert, you could body slam you. That's what the league was back then. 
And it, to, for him to get those 35 points a game, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of a little different game back then. Yeah. So he would get his ass beat. So no three-pointers. He put an that. open letter out. He got tired. So Tim Grover reached out to him, cold call, said, look, man. He goes, I'm tired of getting my ass beat on the court. Tim Grover's like, I can help you. He's like, who the hell are you? You're 25. I'm the same age as me. And Tim Grover just basically, give me 30. He goes, Michael Jordan, I'll give, me thir- I'll give you 30 days. And if, let's see what you got. 15 years, six championships. Wow. Right? And then Kobe Bryant, he trained all these cats, and he just took it to a different level. So he's got this book I'll call Relentless, and he describes three types of people. Cleaners. Uh, cleaners are the types like the LeBron, Kobe, Michael Jordan types who not only do you want to win one championship, you want to win two. And I really put this in Kobe and Jordan where you actually – the competitor isn't the dude across from you on the court. It's you in the mirror. Like, you're not trying to play against, like, the dude across from you. You want to beat you, what you did yesterday. Yeah. And that's what he saw in Jordan and Kobe. And that's why I want to put him on the map. Just, like, check him out. He's getting, he's a big speaker now. I can't even afford to bring him in. I wanted to bring him in for something. It's, uh, he's, he's got fat dollars, man. Fat there you dollars. go. But great story, though. All right. All right. So I'm going to put that down. There we go. There we go. So the Whiskey Hue, another episode in the books. And what I say is, you know, look out for us. Check us out on uh, all your podcasting networks. We're live. Rate us. Give us stars. Tell your friends. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. There you go. <laughs> At Whiskey Hill. At the Whiskey Hill. Check us on the website. IG. IG, Twitter, all the, all the We places. heard we're the number one podcast in the world. I'm just kidding. Every podcast says that. I'm like, we can say that too then. Shit. <laughs> in the world, on my street. <laughs> With that, we're out of here. Peace.